The Business of Cleaning, the podcast that brings cleaning industry expertise straight to your ears. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Business of Cleaning. My name is Haley Morris. I'm your podcast coordinator and host. And today I have with me Michael Conrad and a few other special guests from the National Servants Alliance. And I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Thank you, Haley, and thank you for allowing us the time with you today. Uh, my name is Michael Conrad, and I'm the president part owner of the NSA National Service Alliance, and I've uh, been with the business now about five years. Uh, prior to that, spent a couple of years with Spartan Chemical working with their national accounts team, and prior to that, about 25 plus years in distribution. Uh, spent most of that with a company called Jampack that ultimately sold to a company called Innerline Brand, which is now recognized in the market as Home Depot Pro. And uh, so I spent a lot of time in the distribution side of the business. And while in the distribution side of the business, there were many hats, whether it was operational, whether it was sales, ended up leading the sales organization for Jampack. Um, we built the national accounts team and then ultimately ran the national accounts team for the Home Depot Pro before I left. Uh, one of our largest and most uh, influential and, and targeted customer bases or segments was the BSC property management space. And that's how I got really introduced to and understand this business uh, by working with them from the distribution side and now working closely with the BSCs in the marketplace uh, provides tremendous opportunity for the NSA to help this segment in this space. Uh, what I'd like to do at this point is uh, introduce and then have them give a further introduction of Debbie Wakefield and Ryan Lemire. Uh, Debbie is our Director of Member Services, and she works closely with most of our members on a day-to-day -day basis. And then Ryan uh, is our Director of Member uh, Development, who is working with prospective uh, BSCs interested in joining the NSA. So Debbie, if you could go first and, and give a little uh, introduction. Um, sure. I have been with NSA for coming up on 13 years, hard to believe, um, 13 wonderful, wonderful years. Uh, and prior to being with NSA, my husband and I operated a, a small BSC in the Charlotte, North Carolina market. And we did that for about seven or eight years um, before we decided that that was just a really hard business. And we have great respect for all the people who do it. Um, and we decided it was not for us. Um, and I joined the NSA and uh, it, it, it gave me a great insight when I am talking to, to BSCs um, as to, to what they go through on a, on a daily basis, so. Ryan? Yep. Thanks, Michael. Uh, yeah, so I'm Ryan Lemire. I've been with the NSA for just over two years now. Uh, my background, like Michael, like Debbie, like the rest of our team, we've all worked together at some point uh, through the distribution um, era. So, so we understand uh, the business. We've got many years of experience. Uh, I am in charge of bringing on new members. Um, so after you listen to this podcast and you're not a member, feel free to reach out to me uh, and we can get you set up. So, yeah, we got a great team, but uh, thanks. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to, to come on. Thanks for joining us. And I appreciate the introductions. It is, it's really cool to connect with you guys. And especially we just passed our year mark on September 1st. Um, so it's a great point to have you on the show and to bring you on for our listeners to listen to and really pull from your expertise because 
that's what we're seeking to do. We're seeking to come in and the business side of it, clarify, um, offer advice and just make it a little easier to run your business the way you want to run your business. And so for today's topic, we're actually going to be talking more about, um, before we jump into that, we're going to talk more first about the National Service Alliance and what you guys do as a whole, what your history is, and um, really dive in deep into why you're such great guests for for this upcoming month for us, or for, for October, I should say. So, so let me give you a brief history of who the NSA is, if that's okay, Haley. Please. So first off, I want to recognize that the uh, NSA is celebrating our 25th anniversary. Matter of fact, uh, that day is right around the corner. So we're excited to, uh, to spend 25 years in the space. And in that 25 years, we've seen a lot of development in the marketplace, not only on the BSC side, but manufacturing and distribution. Uh, so we continue to, to grow within that space. Uh, today, the NSA has an opportunity to have 183 members of the NSA. So those are member companies. But underneath that, there's subsidiary of those businesses that constitute just over 500 cleaning companies across the United States. So those 500 cleaning companies across the United States have an annual combined revenue of just under $6.8 billion. Now, that's not what they spend in Janssen. So some of our suppliers and distributors, you know, would love to see that. But that is their top line revenue. Um, and so we're, we're pretty proud that uh, our business is now approaching the $7 billion uh, size. Um, we currently have members effectively just about three or four weeks ago added a member in Alaska. And uh, that now puts the NSA in all 50 states, uh, as well as having a member in Puerto Rico that we work with. And when you look at that, uh, that's, that's pretty exciting to know that uh, every state in the uh, U.S. is covered with one or many uh, of our members or their uh, subsidiary companies. Uh, we're currently exploring an expansion into Canada at this particular moment, working with so, several of our partners uh, to put together a proposition that would help our Canadian uh, BSC companies uh, enjoy the same value that our US members get from the NSA. Um, the, the NSA is more than just our members uh, those 500 cleaning companies. It's also our, our distributor partners and our manufacturer partners and our business service providers. Because without the support of that group, uh, we would not be able to drive the value, the savings, the support that our members receive on a daily basis. Uh, we have five distribution uh, agreements in place uh, with three national companies and two national organizations. Uh, those distribution companies offer our members in excess of uh, 1,300, almost 1,400 distribution sites across the company where they could access products with the NSA contracts. So we're excited to have such a broad reach for our members uh, to, to receive products. Those five distribution partnerships support uh, our programs with 49 manufacturer companies. And these are the largest manufacturing companies in each one of the spaces, whether it's a category like town tissue, uh, cleaning chemicals, uh, can liners, and janitorial goods, equipment, uh, small and large equipment. So we have the, the, the strongest, the best uh, partners and manufacturers in those uh, categories that support our members on an ongoing basis. 
and outside of the products that our members buy to support their, their business, uh, we also have 29 relationships with companies that provide business services. Uh, that is stuff like renting equipment, uh, whether uniform rentals, um, health and wellness programs, hiring procedures, HR programs. So we, we, we have a lot of support systems in place with companies that help our members not only on the product side of the business, but also in how to run their business more effectively, efficiently, and at a cost savings. That's kind of who the NSA is today. Thank you. I think it gives us a really good look at why you are the perfect people to talk about what we have today. And uh, we really want to jump into talking about the building service contractor space and how they can um, better handle their supply management to save money, make it a lot um, lot less stressful for them, but really just increase their bottom line their bottom line through through proper management there and so as far as working with you as a building service contractor what is that experience like um that lends to uh increasing that bottom line through the supply management a uh, good question Haley. and, and uh, let me take a couple of minutes on that uh, the the, the NSA is a group purchasing organization and we are the largest in the space so we focus in all of our energy is around the building service contractor cleaning, uh, contract cleaning companies. So that's where we specialize. So we understand their business. We know the products, the services they need. Uh, we, we know the support that they need to have from distribution or manufacturing. So with our experience and knowledge in, in knowing that space, uh, we provide that expertise that in some cases uh, our BSEs or members don't have. You know, their core competency is providing a healthy, a clean, safe work environment for their customers. That's what they do every day and that they're damn good at it. Pardon my French. Uh, what, what I would say is our job is to support them in those efforts. And when we look at allowing them to, to really focus on their core competency, it allows us to focus on our core competency. And our, our core competency as the largest GPO in this space is to identify the best solutions, the best products, the best offering at the most competitive prices available to their business. And if they allow us to support that business and get more engaged with their businesses, they will reap greater benefits and greater rewards by either one lower costs on the same products and services they're, they're using today and increased incentives because we have rebates and incentives uh, in, in place for most of our supply programs that uh, if they just continue doing what they're doing, uh, they buy from the same distributor they've been buying from, uh, they buy from our programs with our distributors, uh, they enjoy cost savings on the products they use, they enjoy rebates and incentives that they otherwise would not be available to, and all of that can just flow right down to their bottom lines and helps them in the long run. Um, our expertise is really about how do we help them do that. Several ways we do that is one, look at the the who they're buying supplies from um, and, and help them consolidate that down. It, it's not cost advantageous to buy from a lot of different distributors or a lot of different suppliers. So we help them through a rationalization program and try to help them consolidate the number of items they buy and buy it through the, a fewer number of distributors where they become more important to those distributor partners when they become more important to those distributor partners, one, by joining the NSA, 
too, by consolidating that spend. Uh, they get higher levels of support and service at the street level where they need it the most. And uh, when you look at joining the NSA, uh, that gives our members the ability to access our national contract cost basis, which they would not be able to get to those deep discounts as a standalone business. It just wouldn't happen for them. And so they join the NSA, they automatically get the access to our contracts. They can start saving immediately on day one on the same products they buy. So um, when we look at that side of the business, our, our members get tremendous support. When we look at our supplier side, our suppliers see the NSA as a tremendous value in one, growing their business because they're selling to the best BSCs in the industry. Uh, two, when, when they look at testing some of their latest innovations, they look to NSA members to test in the marketplace, get feedback. How, how is this new system? this new technology, uh, when they invest in R&D, they wanna make sure it works before they deploy it in the marketplace. And they use a lot of uh, NSA members in which to do that. So those are another key benefits that our members receive. So they get to see technology, new systems, new products, even before they get launched into the marketplace. Uh, the other area that I would like to speak to that's not improving their bottom line from a dollars and cents, but they get to network with our members who are the best and leading BSCs in the marketplace. And they can network and collaborate and, and understand what these companies have gone through in their past as they evolved and grown as a business. And it gives them the ability to learn from others before they make those mistakes and trial and error through experience on their own. So we, we think we have a lot of different valuable uh, opportunities for BSCs to understand and be delivered as a member of the NSA. I'm curious, you said networking. Um, so in what ways do your members get that chance to network and learn from each other then? So one, uh, we introduce them to each other. We have members that say, hey, uh, who do you know in this market? Who do you know in that market? Do you know anyone that has run into this situation? And then Debbie and Sherry, another lady on our team, uh, we'll introduce them to other BSCs or other members to help them collaborate and, and kind of appear with each other. Another way we do it is we participate in the BSCAI. The BSCAI is a uh, industry uh, association, trade association. So we partner closely with them. We're a sponsor of that organization. And during their events, uh, we try to put together a networking event for the NSA uh, to join and, and spend time with one another. So the, those are a couple different ways we do that. I was curious. It's a very, it, I, being in 50 states, by the way, that is amazing. Congratulations on that milestone. But that, thank you. That's a lot of businesses and a lot of people that you could potentially bring together. So I was curious on how that, how that looked um, from your side. Uh, well, one, we're, we're excited to be in all 50 states. We, we think that's uh, pretty neat. Um, you know, a few years ago, we weren't quite there. And over the last few years with the team at the NSA, they've really done a wonderful job. Uh, you know, in the last five years, the NSA has more than doubled uh, its size and membership, uh, really uh, coming up on almost twofold uh, or threefold, excuse me. So, you know, we've been able to expand the, the capabilities of our business with talented people on the NSA. We've been able to get higher levels of support from our distributors and our, from our supplier partners, which drive even greater value to our members. And so with that, uh, we see tremendous collaboration, not only in peer-to-peer -peer or other BSCs, 
but the support we get from our distributors and our manufacturers that help our members understand what's going on, not only in their market, but across the U.S. Oh, no, it's, um, it's impressive. And now like you really can say all the way across the U.S. Yes, we can. <laughs> Even into Canada or to Alaska and over to Hawaii. I always want to get out to Hawaii. I haven't seen our members there yet face to face, but uh, when the pandemic settles down, we'll definitely get over there. Yeah, no, I, I would be fully on board with the trip to Hawaii, especially like with the <laughs> rain, the rain and the cold getting ready to settle in in this area. Um, so with, I mean, it, it sounds like a win-win on every side. So I'm really interested to know what are some misconceptions as members start to come, come to you or um, are just joining that they have and that you kind of have to combat? Uh, really good question, Haley. And what I'll tell you, I'm going to list a couple of the misconceptions we kind of run into, and then I'm going to ask Ryan to kind of jump in and really speak to them and, and how uh, those misconceptions are really truly misconceptions and not a, a challenge. When we look at uh, misconceptions, a lot of our members before they join think, well, if I join the NSA, all my purchasing has to be changed from who I'm buying from today, and it has to go through the NSA. That's one misconception. Uh, others are, well, we have to change our relationships from who we're working with today. And sometimes that's a misconception and sometimes it's not. And Ryan will touch base on that. Uh, another misconception is if they join the NSA, their information. And when I say their information, who their customers are, what they buy, who they buy it from, what they pay for products, uh, that they think that that information is visible to others in the industry. And it's not. Um, and so they a little fearful or, or concerned that, you know, their sensitive uh, confidential information would be accessible by others, and it's not. Um, some say we, they're not going to get the same level of service because their local distributors provide great hands-on service, and we think they actually get better service by joining the NSA. And another one thinks there will just be operational disruptions, which is, is farthest from the truth. So those are about five that we run into on an ongoing basis. I'm going to ask Ryan to kind of speak to uh, how he communicates that to our uh, potential new members. Right. Yep. Yep. So uh, I, every day, daily, I hear these conversations with, um, you know, everything sounds good. This sounds like a no brainer to join the NSA. Uh, but there are always some, um, you know, questions and, and misconceptions that do come up. And, and the main one is that the information is visible to others. I understand the, the end. We, we, we all come from this industry, from this, uh, from the background. And we understand information is key. Uh, so we truly do not share information. We put a non-disclosure agreement in place before um, really discussion, discussing the, um, the full details of the program. So we put that NDA in place, uh, not only to, to keep your uh, peace of mind and keep your information confidential, we want our information confidential as well. Uh, so we do have that in place and that kind of eases everyone's, everyone's minds. Uh, the, the second most common one we run into is that operational disruptions. Uh, the last thing you want to do is, is you just switched over last year to another distributor or whatever it may be, supplier, and now here comes the NSA saying, let's, you got to join, you got to get on board and do, you got to switch everything. You don't need to switch everything. Uh, operationally, nothing should change. Uh, you continue to keep purchasing uh, however you're purchasing. So if, you, if you're partnered with um, one of our partners, if one of your distributors is, is with, uh, within our distribution group, you continuously order the same way. 
Um, what we do is we send the contracts over to the distributor and they basically just tie it to your account on the back end. So you just automatically receive uh, better pricing and that's not making any changes whatsoever. Now, if a distributor is not part of our um, program, then yes, you would, make, you would need to make changes. But obviously that comes down to a business decision and, and what the value the NSA brings. And, and I think we bring quite a bit of value. Um, everyone asks, well, do you have a website we can purchase through? Again, you, you do not purchase through the NSA. Uh, we're simply supplying the contracts to um, the distribution groups and they're making sure that it's tied on the back end. Uh, uh, part of our, um, our ongoing value add is, you know, once we get uh, a new member on board as part of the onboarding process, you know, once we start seeing uh, some of the data come through, you know, our account managers will go through and they'll make sure that um, all pricing is accurate. Uh, they're constantly monitoring during that to make sure that distribution did set it up right. Uh, so, no work on on the uh, on the new member. We we don't ask you to go out. And you you have access to all the contracts, so you can verify as well. But we'll take we'll take the take charge there and, and go ahead and, and make sure that everything's validated. Um, and back to the services side, if some people say, "Well, I'm not going to get the best service," and we understand the relationships built with distribution, uh, and we're not here to change that. Uh, we're simply here to to help you get better service, to get you better pricing. Uh, and make sure that uh, there's no disruption in operation. So service-wise, everything should at least remain the same. But again, like Michael's point, your service is going to be better with the NSA, and we'll make sure of that. Um, but that's really those are the the key misconceptions. And and after we have the discussion, you know, with the prospect, they're comfortable with that. And the NDA makes a huge uh, difference in the in the confidence of of those individuals. So uh, it's it's it really is a win-win for everyone. So it sounds like when you have somebody who's kind of going through um, that interest and sign up phase, that there is quite a lot of discussion to for that fit and to clear up um, any any gaps in the communication. So you can get to that point where it, it sounds more like a partnership um, that you have existing with your your BSEs. Yes, tra transparency is key. It really is. That's what that's the, the key driving force to building those relationships and and, and really getting people at the end of the year saying, oh, man, why did I not join? This is this was a no brainer. Why have I not joined? Why didn't I join earlier? So we get a lot of that uh, as we build the relationships and go throughout the throughout the years. I'm curious, when is the best time to sign up with with an organization like yours? Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> We, we we think our, you know, Ryan used the words uh, no-brainer. We think it is a no-brainer. And then a lot of our members, after they join, to Ryan's point earlier, say, I should have done it sooner. And, and I wish they, they would have done it sooner. You know, when you have the ability to access contracts uh, that are put in place in a competitive position for $7 billion worth of business that the NSA has as far as revenue, um, our, our prospects just cannot get to those deep levels of discount. And uh, so we, we like to be there to offer them that support. We like to be there to offer them that value. And uh, all they got to do is just call Ryan and, and Debbie and sign up and, and we can get them on board. Now, there is some criteria. Uh, the criteria is a BSE must uh, have an annual revenue of $2 million a year. 
Uh, those are agreements that we have in place with our distributors and our manufacturer partners uh, that kind of put a threshold in there. Uh, we also look for BSCs that don't do a ton of subcontracting. Uh, we're not eager to allow subs the access to the NSA and allow companies that wouldn't otherwise join the NSA have the same value proposition that our members who are a member of the NSA and have been for years. We want to make sure they have that competitive advantage in the marketplace. Yeah, it makes sense. You don't want um, somebody who's not paying for the service to be getting what others are paying for. You know, absolutely agree. All right. No, I was curious with, um, you know, because a lot of the thing is like, well, I can't do that right now. Like, I don't have time to sign up, or it doesn't. I'm too busy, right? So, you answered that question. There's, there's not a better answer, right? Get on it. Hey, lady, I'm, I'm going to sign you up so you can go out and tell people, just get on it. It's time. <laughs> just get on it. What are you doing? <laughs> we, we think, you know, our, our job is to help drive that value for our members. So we're not competing with them. Uh, we're here to help support them in what it is they're trying to accomplish. And if we allow them the ability to just focus all their energy and their core competency to get better at that part of their uh, business, and allow us to handle all the other things around sourcing and supply management, then we think it's a win-win for, for both parties. So then um, what are some examples of success that you have seen? You don't have to um, mention names if you, you know, you can't, but as far as where you've seen it really come into play and you've been like, oh yeah, we helped with that, you know? Yeah, you know, it's always rewarding when you help somebody grow their business. And um, I'm going to let Debbie uh, jump in here and speak about a, a real significant win for one of our members. Uh, kind of, she was involved in it, helping spearhead it, uh, and how it not only helped their business, uh, but it's going to help the distributor who helped us in that process. So it was a collaboration of all the partners of the NSA to make this thing happen. So Debbie, if you could spend a minute or two on that. Sure. Um, so we, we had an NSA member, a current NSA member that was uh, looking at an opportunity that was outside of their normal market. Um, and so they reached out to me and said, hey, can you help? Because we, we want to participate in this opportunity. We want to be involved in the bidding process, but we, we don't know anybody in that market. Uh, we don't know a distributor in that market. Can you help us? And so um, we, we connected them with a, a distributor, a local distributor that was in that market, helped uh, the distributor get all the pricing information and everything to, to help put the bid together. And uh, we even you know, were involved in helping them write letters to the, to the prospective um, customer for them, you know, letting them know what being part of the NSA would help, how it would help them in that process. And they ended up winning the bid. And it was a very large, large bid for the for the BSC and and a long term bid at that. So they were overjoyed um, that that they were able to win, and and we felt really good that we helped do that. And to Michael's point, we helped the distributor that was in that market as well that that was really beneficial and and helped in that whole process also. So that's just one example, but a couple others I just want to highlight. Uh, in the same process, uh, Sherry, a teammate here on the NSA, is currently working with another one of our members going through a proposal. So they're working on a large bid, and that RFP is asking for supplies. 
And that, that member says, how can you help me? And so we've done some cross-references. Sherry's been working with them and continues to work with them. So those are support pieces that we have in place that when our members engage us, they don't have to invest in resources for their business. They just utilize the resources they have available through the NSA to help grow that business. And what that business, once it grows, again, that, that provides in, impact to their bottom line. Um, another example, uh, a member called us and said, hey, uh, I've got this local account. It's more of a national account and they have uh, other divisions in other cities across the country. And they told us what cities they needed help and support with. And so we connected them with other NSA members in those other cities who agreed to help them and they put together a combined proposal and ended up winning a national account. If our member who was more localized, who floated that up to us, if he didn't have the NSA to help support him in other markets, he would have lost that business because he doesn't have the national footprint or reach to be competitive and offer those services. So we have the ability to connect our members to grow their business and collaborate on national account or large opportunities. Another member, uh, as they joined the pretty significant member, uh, when, when they looked at the contracts that they uh, had available to them, uh, through the NSA compared to what their current spend looked like, the significant savings they would enjoy uh, made it a true no-brainer for them. Uh, they joined, the, the savings was somewhere close to 13% uh, on just the products alone, uh, not, not even to add into, on top of that, incentives and rebates that our programs offer our members. So when you look at a significantly large BSC that does a lot of spend on janitorial supplies and consumables and having the ability to save 13% to their bottom line, uh, that is a significant win for that BSC uh, and, our, and our partners. Especially when you think like of how much that ends up being, you know, that, you know that's a considerable... I, I try not to share money numbers. This one was significant because of the size of their business. And, yeah. you know, when we look at it, uh, as Ryan and, and Debbie are looking at new uh, prospects and uh, their annual spend, uh, the average is somewhere between 5 to 15% on their, on their just on their supply spend. They're going to save that. And a lot of that just depends on, you know, their current uh, support at the local level. Uh, but in most cases, 5 to 15% is very doable on supplies. And then you would add additional savings by the incentives and rebates that we have built into these programs. Uh, so it even gets uh, more lucrative as they go. Even if you're looking at like the 5% and when you, when you look at that as a whole and when you look at how that impacts, that's still considerable. And to think that like then you add rebates or even possibly more than that, that is... Haley, I, I couldn't say it better. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it's really cool to hear, especially like examples of where you come in and not just um, shown them this connection, helped them get the deals, but actually stepped in and helped them take the steps to gain bigger accounts and to, to expand their business in another way. Like there's a, a strong relationship that you have there. Well, as we talked about earlier, the rationalization of their bundle and trying to consolidate the products they buy. Uh, what Debbie and Sherry and Priscilla and the team do on a daily basis is they're looking at what our members buy 
And uh, we, we try to offer alternatives. So if they're buying a, a system or a product that's one, not part of the NSA program, we try to look at what would that look like if it was in the NSA program and do a cross-reference and comparison and look at what they're paying now and what they would be paying under program and then try to offer those alternatives. Uh, if, they, if we say, hey, you're buying 200 different can liners and you should only be buying 25 different can liners, we try to rationalize that bundle because one, it, it helps them, our members, manage their supplies better. It helps the stress load on the distributor so they don't have to try to stock 250 can liners, they could stock 25 can liners. And that also helps their efficiency and effectiveness, which makes them more profitable, which ultimately leads them to help us continue on our aggressive pricing that we have for our members. So we are constantly looking at ways to grow our business with our distributors and our uh, supplier partners, but how does that ultimately impact positively our members? Exactly. Um, so with that being said, obviously there are going to be some businesses that don't make the criterium to join the NSA. And so if they're a company that is just looking at how they can start consolidating themselves and start improving their, their own supply management um, to get to a point and grow because they want to be part of the NSA and they want to have a successful business, what are some tips and things that you have for them? A couple of things. One, uh, explore the BSCAI, uh, join in the BSCAI. There is a purchase advantage program uh, that the BSCAI has uh, with some of the same suppliers we have. And there's a competitive position there that they probably would not be able to get on their own with some of the same distributors that we uh, have our members uh, support today. So look at a trade organization like the BSCAI and their purchase advantage program. Uh, secondarily, I would look to sit down with your distributors and talk about how they could uh, make recommendations to improve uh, the pricing platforms, whether it's through changing from one, to one, one brand to another brand, whether it's consolidating or rationalizing their spend. Uh, those are ways in which you could do that. And then if you have access or direct access to any of the national uh, manufacturer partners, talk to them about what they can do to offer different uh, systems within their, their program that can offer a cost relief. For example, uh, some systems you know, are, aren't proprietary and some are. So those commodity systems um, can be converted to a proprietary system, which is more controlled, which would end up saving money in the long run. And so there's some ways that you can look at what products you're using within your customers uh, to drive savings. Um, in chemicals, you could get away from ready to use. They're, they're expensive when you look at it and look at dilution control systems. Uh, look at equipment that help improve uh, the productivity of your staff. Uh, so if you don't, if you could deploy robotics, for example, and, and help make your existing team, because today labor shortages are significant in the marketplace in, in every segment, but even more so in our space, in our industry. But if you could deploy some robotics to help improve the productivity of your current staff while you're looking to, to add more staff, th those are ways that you could always look to improve your business. I basically just say sign them up. <laughs> yeah. No, I the labor shortages, my goodness. I feel like I'm, I'm running across even more businesses now that are struggling with staffing um, than even a month ago. It's, it's getting so crazy 
um, and it's a difficult thing to navigate. So when you can uh, make it easier and make it more efficient for your team to do their job, um, that helps tremendously. So, and there's technology that that helps them. You know, smart restrooms, uh, GPS types of programs that alert uh, BSCs and when to go in and change out a trash can or when to go change out a soap dispenser or a towel or tissue dispenser. Instead of having your people just automatically go to those spaces, uh, technology will now kind of guide you to where you need to go so that you don't have to just make the rounds all the way around and check all of them. And if there's no need to check that restroom, then continue doing what you're doing on your normal scope of work. So th there is technology that can help you become more productive. And we have programs with uh, many suppliers that offer those types of uh, systems and services. Mm -hmm. It's so important right now with those, you know, people shortages in, in staff shortages, you're really dealing with the fact that you don't have a lot of wiggle room. So you need your people to be where they're needed and you can't just send them out willy nilly. So exactly. And as we talk to our distributors and our manufacturer partners, we understand the stresses that they're uh, facing today. And not only our, our members, because finding people to go in and provide that healthy workplace is very difficult for our members, but we also see it from the perspective of our manufacturing uh, partners where they're unable to find enough people just to run the manufacturing line. Uh, in years past, they, they'd have enough people to manufacture everything they needed. Now to staff those lines is a challenge. Uh, getting products from their manufacturing plants to the distrib distribution points is a challenge because of a you know, shortage in, in, in truck drivers. Shortage in truck drivers is also impacting our distributors in their local delivery areas. So you, and, and it's just, it, it's widespread throughout the, the marketplace. Yeah, a B2B, B2C space, the ability to get what you need or um, to get the services you need, it's just, as many people in the world, there's you're, <laughs> nobody you're right. the jobs. So, um, no, it is definitely crazy. And then you were talking about um, BSCAI. We actually do have an episode that we did at the beginning of the year, I wanna say, if I'm thinking back right. Um, with Todd. So we got to talk about BSEAI and do a little deeper dive. Um, so as far as people who are interested there and haven't yet joined, we have an episode for you, just like we did with this one. So Excellent. I thought that was, that was kind of cool. I was like, hey, we got resources for that too. <laughs> You're on top of your game, Haley. Yeah, trying, trying hard. <laughs> So speaking of some of the the things that we're navigating right now with the current climate, um, what are some of the the biggest changes you've seen besides, you know, the staff shortages and things that might be trickier to navigate than what we saw a couple of years ago now? Well, speaking specifically in today's environment with a global pandemic, and, and, you know, we're 18 months into this. So... Prior to the pandemic, most of the cleaning done outside of healthcare environments was cleaning for appearance. And then immediately it had to be clean for health. And so our BSCs had to pivot uh, pretty quickly to offer disinfecting services. Um, and that was in the way of not only their traditional, you know, spray and wipe with disinfecting, but then electrostatic spraying became almost a requirement for a building service contractor. 
And when you do that, you, not only do you have to get the, the products, the, the sprayers, you have to get the systems, um, you have to have that ready to go. You have to train your people uh, on a new way of disinfecting through electrostatic spraying. You have to make sure you have the PPE uh, for your frontline workers. You have to train them through that process. And oh, by the way, when you're looking for masks early on during the pandemic, it, it, was, it was terrible. Um, you know, we went out and we had to find sources and we, we talked to our distributors, manufacturers, and we had ultimately found a source, a new source, wasn't a partner with us previously, that we were able to access masks and get masks for our members when they weren't able to get them. And they were competitive uh, with the marketplace. And so when, when you were able to find those sources, why our members can still focus on providing this service, their cleaning service to their members, and allow us to go out and find things for them, um, that's another value that uh, we've learned over the last 18 months of how to do at a much higher level. So not only masks, but gloves have been a more recent challenge. Um, not only has the, the demand skyrocketed, but then there were so many challenges with the supply chain coming from China and Malaysia. And, you know, you, you could still read in newspapers and articles today that there's, you know, 90 freight line uh, ships outside the, the largest port in the U.S., uh, L.A. and Long Beach waiting to come in and offload their, their products. Uh, so the supply chain uh, lead times were, were so stretched. The, the supply shrunk but the demand went through the roof. And so not only were you looking at PPE, which was a real challenge to get, and we found ways to get our partners to give us additional allocation that we were able to move to our members that they were, were struggling to get. So we helped them in that way. Another way is not only on the PPE, but early on in the pandemic when um, hand sanitizers, everyone needed hand sanitizers, you couldn't find it. And then all of a sudden every, every alcohol, manufacturers started making the hand sanitizers. They were bringing in hand sanitizers from outside the country. A lot of them failed when, when they started checking them and inspecting them. Uh, so our source of supply, not only because they, they couldn't keep up with the demand, the demand was historical. There's no way that you could plan for what we ran into. Uh, but the other side of that is they started to uh, prioritize the healthcare, and and you could say rightly so. You want to make sure the healthcare systems were adequately stocked with hand sanitizers and disinfectants. But in so many cases, the BSC frontline workers were exposed as much as any healthcare uh, worker. And so, how did we help them? Uh, we went to our manufacturers to say, how do we make sure we get product to our BSCs first and foremost, and not necessarily behind the healthcare workers? And so, we pushed hard for that. And we also established agreements with our partners and manufacturers that when this thing happens again, BSCs, because they are true frontline workers, uh, cannot be pushed to the back behind anyone else. So we're learning how, how to do that at a higher level. Uh, electrostatic sprayers, those systems are in place now. And you know, we have plenty of support and supply from our uh, providers, but also finding uh, new innovative uh, systems uh, systems that, you know, we had one new partner that you would step on this uh, device that would sanitize and disinfect the soles of your shoes before you walked into a clean environment or a clean room. So there's just different ways. UV lighting uh, has come out to a big fold and it historically looked at as a 
expensive and, and not really uh, a way to disinfect large spaces has developed in a large way. So we have partners in the UV space that could also help. So trying to find technology, you know, ATP meters and, and the swabs that go along to prove the clean that our members are providing their, their staffs. So we have programs to support them in those efforts as well. I'm curious with um, looking at so many technological options, one, you've got a lot to keep up with because I feel like there's always something, but two, within this space, because there is so much training that needs to be done and because a lot of times, you know, they'd rather just get out and do the job versus trying to change their processes to uh, adapt to these technologies. How do you, you know, how do you display them to your members in a way that they're interested or how do you communicate that, that value to your members? You know, that, that's a good question because at the end of the day, our BSCs are known for training. The priority they put on a safe environment for their staff, uh, not only in the PPE and the products and the systems, but how to use chemicals appropriately, uh, how to use equipment appropriately so that the safety uh, and, and people don't get hurt is at a paramount for BSCs. Um, you know, we uh, connect in a, in a lot of ways, our members with our suppliers, because our suppliers put a tremendous amount of R&D money into training and in their systems and in their platforms. And so we connect our members with our service providers and our manufacturer providers to put them together so that that R&D investment in training and safety can help supplant or complement what our BSC members do on a daily basis uh, in, in uh, risk management. Okay. I was curious, cause I know um, typically we work in the software space. So even whether it's like a, a hard technology some kind of hardware that they're adopting or it's a system to support their efforts, it can be daunting sometimes adopting some of that stuff. So I was very curious on how you approach that with your members and your partners. Well, not, not only is it daunting, but when you have a high turnover rate, which the BSC space does, so not only do you have to train the, the, your current staff, but if that staff turns over, you got to continually train the new staff members that, that join. And so it's an ongoing process for our members. You know, one of the things that the, the uh, pandemic has brought to, to the forefront, and I'd go back to the BSC AI, uh, the BSC AI and their board of directors has created a frontline training uh, program. I think it's called COVID-19 Disinfection and Safety Certificate Course. And so this course was put in place at a very low price point to try to have our members and the BSCI members. A lot of our members are associated with the BSCI because it's a great trade association uh, for our industry. And that was rolled out as a frontline worker training program to help keep uh, frontline people trained on, on COVID. And, and those pathogens and how to protect themselves and how to work without getting uh, sick. Um, and so, you know, we look in our space to find the best training programs. When we see those, we want to communicate them and we want to market them out to our members so that while they're cleaning, we could do that for them. Uh, again, we try to support our members when, when they're not even looking uh, to, to give them the best opportunities to have the best systems in their business. All right. No, it's, it is, um, technological adoption makes a huge difference. Um, and smoothing that pathway, I can imagine only helps and adds value in what you're doing. So 
though. Yes, we think it does. And, and I think if we talk to many of our members, they see value in that as well. Well, there you go. That's what matters, right? Absolutely. We want, we want them to be pleased with uh, their uh, membership at the NSA. Mm -hmm. um, so with, with these transitions and these kind of things, like the different ups and downs, I feel like, you know, there's always, if it's not one thing, it's another, this 18 months, it's going on two years here shortly, which is mind blowing. Um, with the different ups and downs, there's always different challenges that we've seen. So what are some of the different pivots and shifts and um, ways that you've seen companies adapt that you've kind of just been impressed with, just like had to take a step back and be like, yeah. Um, it, it's a big, broad question because the pandemic forced a lot of this. And when I say forced it, they, they really said, okay, if you're going to clean for parents, it's not going to be beneficial to us as a customer or client at the end user level. So the disinfecting services that everyone participated in uh, right out of the gate was important. But the challenge that our clients saw was all of a sudden, anybody that could go to a local uh, hardware store and buy an electrostatic sprayer got into the business and started offering electrostatic services. They weren't knowledgeable. They didn't understand our space. They weren't professional. Um, they didn't understand the true dynamics of cleaning for health, like our members, the BSE. So folks were coming out of the woodworks and going running around saying, hey, we could provide disinfecting services. And some of our clients are the customers of our members um, may have gone with them and found out pretty quickly that they get what they paid for and came right back to our members who are professional in this space. And when you looked at really working with a company like our NSA members, a professional BSE cleaning company, they understand cleaning. They understand disinfecting at a high level. They train their people day in and day out. Uh, those are the people you want when you look at uh, the end users looking to provide a clean, healthy, safe environment for their workers as they come back into the workspace. So, you know, that was pretty cool to see our business, the industry change, and our members kind of evolve into to that. I, I think some of our members have done a really nice job incorporating uh, ATP meters and swabs, which were looked at really in the healthcare space, but how do they deploy that in their day-to-day -day business with businesses and not healthcare to prove the clean that they're providing? To, to give peace of mind and safety that, hey, not only are we cleaning these spaces, we're coming back and we're checking them. And here's the results of those uh, checks to give you peace of mind that, yeah, the disinfecting services that we're providing do, uh, do what they're supposed to. Um, another thing we, we've seen a significant growth in is air quality. Uh, there's a lot of systems out there that are providing air quality and taking contaminants and, um, um, COVID molecules out of the air and, and it's through uh, UV lighting and systems that are being deployed into current uh, uh, HVAC units as well as uh, standalone units for smaller spaces and so not only are we, we cleaning the surface but our members are cleaning the air around uh, the, the folks when they come back in, into their space. Early on a lot of our suppliers and distributors offered COVID tests um, the thermometers that, you know, you point at your forehead and take the temperatures. So we were able to provide those things for our members, not only for their own staffs and their own teams, but also to provide as a service or a supply for their clients and customers. 
And so that's just an added value and benefit that a lot of our members were able to provide. Um, and, and at the end of the day, a lot of these things with what the pandemic has shown, the importance of a contract cleaner, the building service contractors and the service they provide. Historically, janitors are, are, are not looked on with, with high regard. Um, you know, day cleaning is, is something that was a trend if we went back a few years, but a lot of clients didn't want to see janitors, the quote unquote janitors in their space. Uh, today, seeing a janitor in their space gives peace of mind. They know someone's in there wiping down, uh, spraying, taking care of the high touch points in order to provide a healthy space for those workers to come in day in and day out. So the perception of the industry, the building service contractor, cleaning contracting businesses has been elevated in the eyes of their clients in a big way. Mm -hmm. And that's something I know uh, talking with various people over the last year that we've been doing the show, we've even seen those same things. Those same things start to become uh, more common. I've seen, and part of this, I'm, I'm newer to the industry. I came in um, to help our team take our expertise and, and, and start this resource, this podcast for it. But it seems like even the conversations, the level of expertise um, and knowledge into the health side and then, um, you know, using and measuring the actual like level of what's on the surface with the ADP, it's been crazy to watch from like maybe occasionally mentioned um, during an episode when we first started to now most of our guests that we bring on, it comes up somewhere in the conversation. You see these reoccurring themes and now more of staff will be out during the daytime. Cause it's like you said, people actually want to see them. They want to interact with them. They appreciate what they're doing now. Um, and so I imagine like when you're interacting with those people who did come out of the woodwork because they saw an opportunity to try to make money um, who don't have the knowledge versus those in the industry um, who have built the expertise in their business on a solid foundation, there's gotta be a clear, a clear difference. That quality is so much higher, the knowledge, the reliability. Um, it's, it's impressive to see from my side, but it's just really cool to see on your side, all of the support and all of, um, you know, how many businesses have been able to make those pivots and just continue to grow despite the fact that this has not been an easy situation. And not only is it not easy, it's just been so prolonged that nobody saw this. Uh, even as we look at today, when, when do um, businesses get back into full workforce? And then what will that look like when it does? Will it be at 100% occupancy as it was prior to the pandemic? Uh, certain markets and uh, uh, geographic markets are coming back sooner than others. Some states more aggressive in getting back, some less aggressive. Uh, some market segments, you know, uh, the, the entertainment, you know, you watch college football and pro football this past week and those stadiums are pretty full. Uh, but then you, you, you look into some areas where uh, they're not back in the office space. In, in New York City, for example, you know, 20, 30, 25% occupancy. Um, Restaurants are, are in some cases are coming back in other cities and, and states aren't. Uh, travel, you know, is back. It's not a pre-pandemic, but it continues to climb. Anyone that travels, goes to the airports can see that. So different market segments are coming back, different geographic markets are coming back, but it's all kind of staged. And so our members are just managing the local marketplace as it evolves. Mm 
That's a very interesting thing because it's like you said, nobody knows what it's going to look like post-pandemic. Businesses are still hiring for temporarily remote um, roles. And some business, other ones are like, oh, no, we've already brought back who we're going to bring back into the office. And we're letting so-and-so and and -and so-and-so stay remote. Um, And so it's very interesting. And like you said, there's restaurants and other, other groups that are still operating at this this like distance level so it's delivery or pickup only they don't have in-house seating and sometimes it's precautionary and sometimes it's because they just don't have the staff to do it and people will up and leave the job the job says oh we're coming back in person we're bringing everybody back and they're like i don't want to so bye and it's it's weird it's i went on spring break i was in college still when this started and i went on spring break and they said well we're not going to come back yet but we might be back by the end of the semester uh, for, we'll plan for a couple weeks remote and then we'll migrate back. And then, you know, I graduated and that was the, the day before spring break was the last day I was on campus for class. And then I saw my professors in person. Um, and then like kids in elementary school, some of them, my sister remained remote up until like March of this year, mm-hmm. which is like, it's crazy because it's, you didn't think it was going to last this long. You didn't think it would be it'd be going on close to two years that we would still be kind of like unsure of what it's going to look like. Well, we're not through it yet, but I'd yeah. like to, to see the finish line in my vision down the road. Um, you know, as we talk to our members and they're talking to our customers, some of those customers really in a class A, class B office space area. Uh, in those uh, office spaces, they were targeting you know, initially the first of 2021, then it got pushed to the middle of 2021. Then it got pushed to after Labor Day, the fall of this year, when school gets back in. And now we're hearing more and more and more that people are looking to the first quarter, maybe January, February, March of next year, 2022, which then says, you know, you're at two years. And there's a lot of things that could happen between now and then that could potentially prolong this. So, you know, you got variants that come out and there's another variant, the mu variant coming after the Delta variant that we don't know how that's going to impact uh, folks that uh, they're confident to get back in a workspace. And then to your point a minute ago, some people say I'm not coming back. So what does the work life balance look like as it relates to how many folks will come back into the office five days a week as maybe opposed to a hybrid that's uh, three days in, two days at home? Uh, there's some companies that predict and forecast that uh, it'll be 60% of what it was pre-pandemic when it's all said and done. So um, and there, there's just a lot to be seen yet. Mm-hmm. And then the the thing that's kind of arisen and will probably stick around for a while, at least in some spaces, is like the shared spaces. So shared mm-hmm. desk or shared offices, um, because people are doing more hybrid schedules where they, they do want to be in an office setting, but just not all the time. And I'm sure from a cleaning perspective, that's very interesting because, you know, when you're in a shared space, there's more germs, there's more consideration of that space has to be cleaning because somebody else is going to interact with it versus a personal desk. It's your space, you know, nobody else is probably going to sit there, um, or mess with your pens or do whatever. Uh, so 
consciously cleaning your surface area, you can usually leave that to the employee. But if you're in a shared space, you can tell them to clean. But at the end of the day, you have to take into the account that there's probably going to be a good portion of them that won't do it mm -hmm. um, or won't do it well. So no better time, no better time, Haley, than to engage an NSA member and talk to them about how to properly disinfect and clean their environment, whether it's a hybrid or, or a non-hybrid workspace going forward. Mm -hmm. that, sh that knowledge is so important. Um, and then I've seen some um, BSCs talk about, you know, sharing some of that knowledge with how to clean it, you know, how to wipe down a desk. Um, so that it's disinfected before the next person comes in with their their own clients. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's an interesting climate, and it's it weird because everybody's kind of setting in this. It'll eventually change again, and we know that, but we've settled into this pace right now, um, or at least some people have, and some people are still changing. So, well, when you look at the NSA membership, by and large, they're all independently owned first, second, in some cases, third generation businesses. Uh, this is what they do every day. They wake up and they understand the space. And so anyone looking to uh, have a clean, healthy workspace for their uh, staff, uh, there's no better folks than the NSA members to get involved and build a strategy around how to protect your, your staff uh, and how to make sure that your space is clean. So as far as our episode goes and our content that we've talked about, is there anything else that you would like to add in regards to NSA or um, supply management in general that would be useful for our listeners? Uh, there was some, some hidden benefits of the NSA. We think these are, are kind of important. And that was something that you brought up. Uh, and, and I'd like to uh, ask Debbie to touch on a couple of these hidden uh, benefits that we think you don't think about it as a BSC, but at the end of the day, these are things that could really help your business. Uh, Debbie, if you could, you know, touch on a couple of those. Um, sure. So some of the, the hidden benefits uh, of being an NSA member, uh, we, we sort of touched on some of them in, in other areas that we were talking about, but the relationships that we have with our supplier uh, manufacturer partners uh, is really beneficial to our members because they're sometimes offered um, promotions, special promotions that are just exclusive to NSA members. There are new and innovative products that uh, sometimes our partners share with our members to get their feedback on uh, to help them either roll out a new promotion or, or see if changes are needed um, to, a, to a particular product or promotion that they're focusing on. Um, being an NSA member, a lot of times, we say makes you stickier with your customers because um, you can show them that you are part of a, of, a, of a national group that is helping with supply costs and is connected to those supplier and manufacturer partners. So if you're a, a smaller to medium-sized BSC, it sort of gives you a, a broader scope with your customers and shows them that you're really engaged in the industry as a whole. And, uh, and, and have resources maybe beyond your competitors. So that, that's a, another hidden benefit that maybe people don't think of. Um, we help a lot of times with the rationalization that Michael spoke about, helping people rationalize the bundles, making sure that they're buying the best products that they need to be buying. Um, that's a, a benefit that you don't have to spend time as a BSC doing that. 
and a lot of our BSC partners don't have a procurement team per se or a procurement person. They don't, they don't have that on their staff. And so we can be a great resource for them in that regard by helping them make those decisions and, and really get the, the, the most out of the supplies they're buying and, and um, making sure that they're getting the best price on those supplies as well. So those are some of them. Uh, thank you, Debbie. The couple I wanted to just add on top of that is for a BSC, if you don't, even if you have someone on your staff, as Debbie mentioned, or in most cases, a lot of our folks don't have people on their staff if they don't have the size and scale yet as they continue to evolve and grow. Um, creating an RFP or going out and shopping pricing, uh, it is a timely, uh, cost-intensive process um, to try to evaluate and do that on an ongoing basis because it's fluid. It, it, it's ever-changing. Case in point, one of our large manufacturers just rolled out a price increase to the marketplace. And uh, one of our members said, hey, somebody told me there's an increase and it doesn't impact the NSA. So it's just a market increase that if they weren't in the NSA, they would be impacted by. So we protect them from a lot of market increases. But at the end of the day, to go out and try to manage that process day in and day out, when you have an organization in your space that understands your business, that's tied to the best suppliers and distributors in this space, providing already discounted pricing that you're probably not going to get access to unless you join, just makes it, in our case, a really good business decision in, in most cases. I mean, really in all cases. I'll give you one, one more example. One of our members, it wasn't a significantly large member, but one of their largest customers came to them and said, hey, we're struggling with our supply costs. And so our member at the time was not selling them consumables because they didn't think they could be competitive. When they found out what they could uh, secure those products with using the NSA contracts and then resell to their client, they were only providing cleaning services at the time. And what happened was, is they were able to provide a cost savings, a significant cost savings on those consumable items, towel, tissue, skincare, can liners, those types of products, uh, gave them a, they provided their customer with a significant cost savings, which ended up that customer was able to reallocate those savings into other business initiatives that they were trying to find ways to uh, finance. Ended up getting our member who was able to deliver that kind of value, a, a, a customer award. So, so that customer acknowledged that the NSA member did this to help them save money, provide finance savings so that they could go ahead and finance other initiatives within their business that they were struggling to finance. Gave them an award for that. And when Debbie mentioned stickier, that's how you get stickier with your clients, find ways to help them with their business. So not only were they providing a healthy, safe work environment, but they were able to help them finance other initiatives within their business space, which you know, those are hidden benefits that the NSA program affords our members. Yeah, I can't imagine that what that does for that retention of that customer just mm -hmm. long term, it's got to be. I mean, why would they ever switch now? You know, so when, when that BSC or fake BSC who just bought an electrostatic sprayer comes and talks to that customer and says, hey, I want to clean your building. He doesn't stand a chance because they got a great relationship with a business that's providing a healthy workspace environment, who's invested in their business, helps them with their business, uh, it becomes a true win-win. Now it's, now it's their buddy over there. They're not going to break with them. So. Absolutely. 
So, all right. Um, anything else that you guys would like to touch on? We just want to thank you for taking the time to, to chat with us today. We appreciate what you're doing. Uh, we thank you. And uh, if you or anyone that listens to this has any um, interest in, in exploring uh, the NSA, uh, just reach out. You can go to our website, nansa.org. Um, and just got all of our contact information to, to give us a ring. And I will attach all of that information in our blog post for this episode so it's easy to find for everybody. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you again, Haley. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Michael, um, Debbie, and Ryan for coming on and for joining us. I think this has been a great episode and I can't wait to see the feedback from our listeners. Thank you, everybody who's tuned in this month. Have a great rest of your month.